gentlemen, listen up. Nah, 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 nah. Welcome to the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast. Learn how to leverage multifamily and residential properties to provide short-term housing accommodations for high-paying clients. With years of experience in hospitality and sales and marketing, your host, Noble Crawford, invites you to listen in and access these gems as he shares the mic with some of the biggest influencers in the game. Rocking with the best. His expert panel of guests share their knowledge, best practices, strategies, and resources to help you generate crazy cash flow. Combining real estate and hospitality. So listen up. Here we go. Here we go. Here we All go. right, folks. We welcome go. to another episode of the Hospitality Cashflow Podcast. I am your host, Noble Crawford, and I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you to a, a good friend of mine, a fellow coach uh, that I get the good pleasure of getting a coach alongside and uh, someone I met uh, in Clubhouse, I believe, uh, a couple a year and a half or two years ago. And so without further ado, Kyle Stanley, bro, man, welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. I, I feel like Clubhouse was like the number one way we all connected, right? And then when we actually met in person, we were like, oh, you're a real person. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> exactly. it's been awesome, man. And now we get to go to Cabo with each other. That's going to be awesome. Oh, man, I'm so looking forward to that. So looking forward to that. So, man, we're going to jump right into it. Um, so, folks, if you don't know Kyle's story, I'm not going to butcher it, but it is pretty fascinating. I'm going to let Kyle tell a little bit about it. So, Kyle, for the people who may not be familiar with kind of like your background and stuff, if you can kind of bring us up to speed about like kind of where you started and how you got into this STR space. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, right out of college, I was a sports anchor for a local TV station, which you know, you get into that industry and you're like, oh man, I made it. Like, you know, I, I got my dream job. And very quickly, uh, two things happened. I was like, I'm, I don't really feel challenged in this. And, and I'm the kind of person that like, if I don't feel challenged, then I don't feel like I'm really doing something that's worth it. And then this, the second part was, I, I don't like being told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And, and I was getting told a lot of that too. And so, uh, you know, what we call that as an entrepreneur in the, in the waiting. Right. And so for me, I, I was like, all right, what, what can I do? And so I started a business that was kind of in the same line. So it was kind of a vertical of, uh, the news anchoring stuff because I, I got to actually start making videos for high school athletes, helping them get to recruited to play in college. And, um, you know, I, I had that business going for about six years and I left my news, um, job after I was just kind of fed up with, with getting, uh, undervalued. Um, and you know, for me, Noble, like I, I was an entrepreneur by heart, but I, I didn't have the roadmap. I didn't have any business experience. I didn't take a single business class in college. And so I really crashed and burned because I didn't know just simple things about running a business. And, and so I, I found myself just dabbling in a lot of things. I was kind of a wannapreneur for like nine years there where I was trying to make this business float, but I was barely keeping above water. I jumped into an MLM. Um, I, I tried some sales jobs, like I tried everything. And, uh, what I can tell you is like during that nine years, I really feel like God was like helping me sharpen my ax to figure out all these skills combining into what eventually ended up being real estate. And, you know, that was the big thing for me, no matter what, no matter if I was failing in all these things, I was still, the goal was still passive income so that I can live life by my design. And when I finally you know, got to a real estate web, uh, not webinar, but a, a meetup group. And I heard about all these people flipping houses and making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was like, this is it. Like all the things I've been trying for the last few years, you know, it's, it's built me up to like, I feel like I have these skills. And 
sure enough, I start flipping houses and my second house I flipped, I was like, wait a second, I think I want to hold on to this and maybe even try my luck at short-term rentals. And I'm in Fresno, California, where like everyone's like, why would anyone want to do a vacation rental in Fresno? I'm like, well, that's the thing. It's not a vacation rental. It's a short-term rental. I think I can make this work. And even a mentor of mine was like, yeah, good luck with that. But I, I don't think that's going to work. Well, first month netted $2,000 when I should have only netted as a long-term rental, five or $600. And I was just like, man, how do I do more of this? learned how to do it without owning the property, skip ahead three years later. Um, after that light bulb moment, uh, you know, we got to 70 properties in three, three and a half years, most of which I don't own. And, uh, that's where we kind of stand today, right around 70, 75 properties. So uh, it's been a, a really cool run and we're just going on year four. Bro, that is crazy. That's crazy, man. You touched on so many things. Um, just for, for first and foremost, like, for for folks that are like entrepreneurs or like they want to like do their own thing it's like we'll grab it like everything until something mm. sticks uh so i man i resonate with that a whole lot yeah and just what do they call it uh something syndrome uh shiny object syndrome right yep. like as soon as i found myself getting decent at something again going back to like feeling challenged right like i'm even dealing with that today uh, I, I told my wife about three days ago, I was like, I think I want to build a shed in the backyard. And she's like, what? You've never even, you don't even own any tools. I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to <laughs> challenge myself. I want to try something. You know, we get, I think we get as entrepreneurs bored really easily and we need to challenge ourselves. And, and unfortunately back then, like I look back at that and I was like, man, I should have just stayed laser focused on that one business and, and looked for some mentors to help me make that work mm -hmm. rather than like, Hey, I got kind of good at this, but I feel like I want to try this thing now. And I want to try this thing and how easy that is in real estate too. Like there's wholesaling, there's flipping, there's short-term rentals, there's storage, there's all these things. And, and I feel like, you know, you just have to at one point be like, all right, I just got to focus on one thing until I really can make it work. And then I can try those other things. Love it. Love it. So you, you, you ended up at a, a Than Merrill uh yeah. invest in event which is super cool you know yeah. i'm gonna date myself you know i ordered the old carlton sheets cassette oh there you back go. In the day. <laughs> so, so yeah. but it's funny how like um you know you're looking for that thing but at the end of the day it has something to do with real estate and that's ultimately where you landed and uh, we're able to scale up to uh 70 currently so how what did that first one look like like the first one or two like how did you land those yeah. So first of all, I guess to, to bring full transparency to this, I actually had been doing Airbnb as a room out of my house since 2015, where I started in Scottsdale and like, that's all I ever saw of it though. I never really thought like, Oh, I'm kind of doing real estate. I just was like, yeah, I'm helping pay for my mortgage. Um, so I got, I built up to super host and like done all that, but I, I had no plans of doing a lot more. And then while I was renovating that first house, um, I, I just started saying like, how can I go and get more? And so that's when I got onto a podcast where I was hearing about this guy was doing arbitrage. And so I really made this arbitrage and this one that I owned live around the same time. So the one that I own though, that's kind of the fun story. So I'll, I'll share that one. I, it's two houses on one lot. And there's a three bedroom, two bath, and there's a two bedroom, one bath. It's like about the size of a garage. And I said, okay, just to be safe, I'm going to put a long-term tenant in the three, two, because I know I can get my guaranteed rent and at least cover the mortgage. And I'm going to try short-term rentals on this little two, one. 
And I actually got an awesome family that's still there today. They've been renting for four years now that the mom is a stay-at-home mom and she cleans the 2-1 that's on site. So it's like pretty hands-off in terms of inventory and cleaning. And like she she literally runs that like it's her own business. Um, and yeah, month one with their rent plus my uh, short-term rental rent, which was right around like $2,800 uh, little context, a two one in this area probably would have rented for like 900 to a thousand. So I pretty much three X the rent on that after expenses, I, I netted $2,000 and that still is today. One of our best performing properties because, and I think my mortgage on that is like $1,300, like nothing. So, uh, love that property. Dude, that's so cool. So you got started early then 2015. I mean, more than, more than most. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and honestly, bro, it was because I bought a house and they don't tell you about like all the things that go into buying a house, like, you know, closing costs and, and oh, by the way, like, because the, the like house had uh, some plumbing issues, you're going to have to deal with that. And that's going to be another 5,000. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have no money left. And I don't want to pay for this mortgage all on my own. I told a buddy about that. And he was like, yeah, you should do Airbnb. I was like, what's that? He's like, well, we rent a room out of our house to complete stranger. You just got to make the, sure the bed's made. And I was like, that sounds super sketch, bro. <laughs> and he was like, well, you can call it sketch, but I just made 7k in the last five months on yeah. an apartment that I live in. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. Like that'll pay for my mortgage. Let's go. Nice. Nice. Love it. So, so you, you get this, 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 these two lots, these two properties on one lot, the three, two, the two, one, your Airbnb being one, you got a long-term tenant in the other start cash flowing at what point did you say, um, you know, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start scaling this. And then how long were you doing it solo before you started bringing on other people to support you? Yeah. Um, it all happened pretty quick. So that was, uh, April of 2019 that I got my first months of rent at that one that I owned. Um, and at the same time was bringing on that one, one apartment that I was arbitraging. Um, so I had two units at the time and because it worked so well month one, like I called Airbnb and after hearing this podcast about arbitrage, I called them and I was like, Hey, do you need the deed to the property for me to list this on Airbnb? Like I thought it was too good to be true. Right. And they were like, no, we don't need the deed. I was like, but like, there's a limit on how many properties I can list on Airbnb. Right. And they're like, no, you can list as many as you want. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> at that point I was like, all right, this is it. This, this is the thing. And I knew right away though, uh, that it was not going to be passive. It wasn't like bringing on a long-term rental where you just put a tenant in there and every once in a while they call you with a maintenance thing. It was turnovers and it was guest communication and it was inventory checks and it was quality control checks. And I knew that was going to happen. I just didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, so I went in, I cleaned, uh, both places two or three times each my first time, just to kind of get a feel for like, what does cleaning feel like? Um, and from there I brought on a cleaner who, um, funny enough, like, and I, and I teach this today, I tell people like, just go onto your Facebook. If you live in the, the market that you are managing in, go on your Facebook, post on your Facebook or Instagram or fill in whatever social media you want and just say, Hey, I'm starting a real estate business and I need help between the hours of 11 AM to 4 PM on a daily basis with some real estate related activities. Who is interested? And I had like five or six people comment and one tagged their their sister-in-law that sister-in-law i called she was stoked she's like i just want to i want to be doing something from home my kid 
uh, my kids are keeping me busy, but I'm kind of bored at home. So I just want to do something. I was like, would, would you want to clean these Airbnbs? You can take your kids with you and maybe one day I'll even have you doing guest communications and maybe even more if you're down for that and you can do it from your home. And she was like, that sounds perfect. And so she cleaned, she, dude, she, she was a beast at cleaning. Like I didn't even want to take her off cleaning because she was cleaning three, three bedroom, two bath properties a day sometimes in that five hour span and getting five star reviews. And I was like, ah, you're, you're awesome at this, but I, I need you to, to, you know, be doing this long-term and she wanted to be at home with her kids. So I, I've now, she's now our COO today was the, the short, mm. the long story short of that. She started off as a cleaner, uh, was just willing to put in the work. And now today she literally runs my business. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. So, man, this there's so much to unpack right there. So, first of all, I didn't know that you had ever cleaned your own properties. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like, bro, you, you got to, if, if you're going to teach someone and, and expect someone to do it and to tell them like, hey, this should take you three hours, you you have to walk the walk before you ask them to do that. Facts, facts. Yep. We, 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 we've done that, man. When we got started, we were in the same boat, cleaning toilets, the whole nine yards. So, so I feel you. Fun, so, right? so, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, so you got your, your, your first kind of hire in there. Um, you're starting to scale. Um, once you started, you know, your, your, your business started to grow and the number of properties started to increase. How did you go about finding, the talent that you would need yeah. to support your business, you know, finding those different uh, pieces of the puzzle, if you will, and, uh, and bringing them on board. Yeah. So, um, remember in, in the beginning, how I said, like, you know, those nine years of being a entrepreneur really kind of like was my sh act sharpening time of like, just honing my skills. Yep. Um, in, in the MLM business that I was in, um, which is based where you're at Advocare. Um, I, I was, I was really, um, in that time, whether I was successful or not is for anyone to define, but what, what I really learned there was leadership and, and learning how to be a, a person of attraction. Right. And, yeah. and that was for me, like probably a, a good six year journey of just trying to be a better person and a person who attracts and, and people want to follow me because they want to, not because they have to, right? And a big, a big person that I listen to and I recommend to everyone is John Maxwell, and he's got a book, um, "How Successful People Lead." And he talks about the five levels of leadership, and that second level is they follow you because they want to, not because they have to. And and that that was really for me, like all the things that I was working on. And so when I post on social media, it's because I already know, like, the people that are commenting are thinking to themselves. I would want to work for Kyle or I would want to refer my sister-in-law to work for Kyle because I know that he's the kind of person that, you know, would, would actually treat people right. So if you post on social media and you got a thousand friends and you live in your market and you get crickets, like you got to kind of look in the mirror and, and say to yourself, am I even a person of attraction? Am I a person that people would actually want to, to do work with? And so, um, I, I, I'm just going to share that because what I'm saying here is it's not a, it's not about a script. It's not about a, you know, here, if you post on this website, you'll find these people, you might be able to find them, but keeping them is a completely different thing. Right. And, and in order to keep them, you have to have a culture within your team and also uh, the, the type of person that you are to actually share and show that you care with, with your employees. So, for me, man, it was it was a lot of just becoming who I am today, 
Um, and then from there, uh, just my network is the biggest thing I can say, just because I had a network of people that, that were already in the industry, right? Real estate investors, realtors, uh, friends who own houses. Like if I posted about something, they were referring people to me, or if I was at a meetup group and I said, Hey, and that's a big one too, uh, for finding good people going to meetup groups and just saying, Hey, I'm in short-term rentals. I do Airbnb. And that in itself really sparks a lot of conversations and people kind of see you as, as the go-to guy, if you're consistent enough with that. Man, love that. Love that. So, dude, yeah, that's not the answer I was expecting. The whole John Maxwell becoming a person of attraction, but I absolutely love that. Um, And so you are doing a couple of things there. You're, you know, uh, first of all, making sure that you're a person that people want to come work, you know, work with Mm -hmm. and work for. Um, And then you're developing those relationships and then leveraging your network. Um, And so all three of those things kind of come together um to you know to present this talent base basically that you that you work with yeah and 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 when i say all that too like let's just simplify it it really is your network but if if you got a if you got a you know a a a crappy attitude and you've been you've been known in your network as like oh shoot kyle's coming in the room right like (laughs) I don't think I'm going to attract very good people, but like if I'm bringing value and I've got an abundance mindset and I'm sharing and I'm sharing and I'm sharing and not asking for anything in return, like that's, that's very attractive to people. And so, and that was, I mean, honestly, dude, that was something that was really tough for me um, was like, as soon as I can tell you when I was at three properties and I was netting $5,000 a month and I was in these meetup rooms where people were like, I got 40 properties and I'm netting $6,000 a month. And I'm like, I got three and I'm doing five. Like, like that, that's, I, I was doing that. I was kind of like off talking to myself, like, don't tell anyone what you're doing. Cause this is gold. And it was a buddy of mine um, who runs a bunch of the meetups here. His name's Jason Pritchard, who just like every meetup, it was like, he was talking to me. He just, it felt like he was looking straight at me. And he's like, if you've got something that is gold, you need to tell everyone and not expect anything in return and just trust that it will return to you 10 X. And I finally was just like, all right, I got to tell people I'm doing Airbnb. And I, I, I still to this day say, if I didn't start a podcast and start talking about it and I didn't tell people about what I was doing, I probably would be at about 10 properties that I own, which is what I have today. Um, and, and I probably wouldn't even have a platform to teach people how to do this. And and so it's crazy how that abundance mindset really does work. Mm, yeah. Uh, 1000% agree. 1000%. Good stuff. So I'm going to transition a little bit. Cause you mentioned a couple of things earlier. Um, you were talking about your, 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 your team, uh, communications, your, um, you know, your turnovers, your quality control, your inventory, all of that stuff. So, um, so uh, looking at things kind of from an operational perspective, um, first and foremost, like people are number one, right? Like Mm -hmm. one of the most important things in your business, but then there's your, your tech stack, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and things like that. So, so what is yours just kind of at a high level? Like what does your tech stack look like, um, to kind of help you manage those different moving pieces? Yeah. Um, so IGMS is the property management system that we use. Um, I, I, if I could turn back the clock, I would use host away. Um, but as you know, when you have a property management system and you have 70 properties transitioning to a new one is probably like a year long effort. And I'm just not going to put my team through that. Um, we use price labs for our pricing. We use rank breeze for performance. Um, obviously air DNA to, 
evaluate properties, um, Slack to communicate with our team. Um, our, some of our cleaners don't like Slack. So we had to, with our cleaning team actually use WhatsApp, which we're trying to get them to convert a little bit. Um, and we also are bringing on um, Breezeway to hopefully eliminate a lot of this uh, back and forth communication with our team, trying to figure out inventory or placing orders or maintenance issues. There's just a lot of communication between our team right now that is unnecessary and taking up a lot of time. Um, so we're seeing Breezeway as kind of our solution for that to get it a little bit more plug and play. Um, outside of that, I have a bookkeeper. So she uses QuickBooks and does all the P&Ls for our owners. That is a, I mean, you know, it cost me four grand a month for 70 properties, but it's so worth it because we have five to 10 questions per month from owners about earnings. And instead of going to me, they go to our bookkeeper. So um, I think that's about everything. Okay. Okay. Well, you segue perfectly where I was going next. I was going to say you, you've got the software and stuff and the tools and everything like that. Um, but what, what does the makeup of your team look like? Right. Mm -hmm. So starting like, yeah, obviously the cleaner you mentioned, the bookkeeper, but what's the makeup of your team look like right now? Yeah, we have a chief of operations who I was referring to earlier, who was our first ever cleaner. Her name's Danny. We have a cleaning manager who manages all of our um, quote unquote in-house cleaners. And what I mean by that is they're contractors, but um, they, they put us as their first priority and other clients next because we just give them so much business. Um, so having that cleaning manager is really crucial for us to make sure that uh, they're being trained properly with our systems to make sure quality control is happening. And so she oversees the 12 cleaners plus one quality control manager. Some people might call that an inspector um, to, to make sure the properties are in good working order. We have four virtual assistants in the Philippines. Three of them are guest communications. One is just admin and marketing. Um, we have one interior designer also known as my wife, who is about to have our first baby here in the next two weeks. Uh, right. we have, yes. Thank you. Uh, we have the bookkeeper and, you know, just lots of great uh, vendors slash contractors, um, slash, you know, uh, realtors as well. I mean, the, the number one way that I built my business was, uh, relationships with real estate professionals. And most of those were realtors. So, um, handyman realtors, uh, furniture assembly vendors, uh, you know, subcontractors, a lot of those, probably a, a good 10 to 15 of those in our, our Rolodex. Mm, okay. So you had a pretty good sized team there. Um, so what is it, what does it look like as far as like, um, you know, for some of your key positions, compensation, like what does that look like? And, you know, and, and then I, and then I want to kind of segue into how do you keep them around? Right. So but let's yeah. start with the top piece. Yeah. Good, good question. Um, so every, just about every one of our teammates is paid based on performance. Um, they have a, a base salary. So they know that, Hey, I'm at least knowing I'm going to make this and then they get paid extra. So for example, my, uh, chief of operations, um, she gets paid a pretty handsome salary. She's getting paid $5,500 a month. And then if we perform over a certain income level, 
then she's now getting paid based on the percentage of the net income, which can be as much as 22%. So if we net as a company, you know, $50,000 that month, now she's going to make $10,000 instead of 5,500 as her base. So after a certain net income, that 22% exceeds the 55, but we tell her, Hey, no, 5,500 is your basement. Cause I need you to know that you're going to at least make that much. So she's really, really, you know, and, and I do that because, in, in order for us to perform and to get to those numbers, I don't want it to all be on me, right? So I'm just yeah. encouraging her and, and motivating her through bonuses, essentially, to take uh, ownership of the business rather than me being the the one that knows all of the, the profits. So she yeah. she's that way. Uh, our cleaning manager gets paid per property. Um, then a bonus if the cleaners get a certain, uh, I think we do a 90% cleaning um, five-star rating on Airbnb, then she gets a bonus. Um, our same goes for our inspector. She gets paid a certain amount and then she gets a bonus if we get a certain amount of uh, quality reviews and cleaning reviews. And then our cleaners, because they're contractors, they get paid per uh, cleaning. But the fun thing on, on their end is they could sometimes double their, their cleaning revenue based on reviews. So they'll get a $20 cleaning review five-star bonus. And then if our quality control manager goes in there and gives them a 10 out of 10 cleaning as well, then they're getting another bonus. So um, they, you know, they were sometimes, you know, paying out to one cleaner in one month, 300, $400 in bonuses. So yeah. uh, I feel like that is what I'll always do. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll give you a story here really quick. Our VAs for a while we're not performing very well. They're communicate. We, we grade them mainly on communication and their communication reviews were at like 90 to 92% where we need them between 95 to 98% on Airbnb. And I, I looked at the way we were paying them and, and we weren't giving them any performance bonuses. I'm like, well, why, why would I expect them to do any better if I'm paying these people performance bonuses, but I'm not paying them. So we adjusted that uh, about three months ago and boom, they're back up over 95, 96% on a monthly basis since then uh, because they want that extra bonus at the end of the month. So um, I, I just, I like doing it that way because I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for complacency if we're just giving someone a fixed salary, no matter how they perform. Mm, I love that. So a true believer in incentives um, yeah. and incentivizing the team uh, through bonuses and things like that. I love that. Um, we're structured a little bit differently. Um, you know, we give our our, 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 our management level people, um, they get paid a piece of every reservation. So it's a nice. percentage based. Um, and so, uh, you know, they can actually bonus up too, depending on, you know, if they, uh, you know, if they have a string of five stars in a certain period of time nice. that triggers a bonus, things like that. So, but I love that. I so believe in incentivizing your people. So let me ask you this. Um, so you're taking care of them on the comp piece, you know, they're all bought in, they're dialed in, you got your people that, uh, you know, they take ownership. So that takes the weight off of your plate. Um, but, how important would you say is like building out that culture in your organization to, um, you know, to develop a strong team and have employees that frankly want to stay around with you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. And there's, you uh, we could literally talk for two hours about strategies on creating a culture, but um, there's no such thing. At, you know, I, I even talk about it today. Like I work three to five hours a, a week in my business that three to five hours really is based on working with the people. Uh, and that those people are mainly my chief of operations and my cleaning manager. 
And then we have events and we have meetings with the entire team that go beyond that in order for me to make sure that I'm, I'm connecting with our people too. But really, I, I feel like everything is a trickle down effect. If I'm, if the two people I'm talking to on a daily basis are my COO and my cleaning manager, the way that I treat them is the way that they're going to treat our employees and our contractors. And so if I give them patience and give them an opportunity to speak and to share their ideas and not come in with the, the hammer, uh, for, you know, a, uh, if I make it a democracy rather than, you know, um, just, uh, the I'm, I'm, I'm the king of the business, right. And everything I say goes, then they're going to do the same thing with our team. And so that's the first thing I really feel like we do a, uh, a good job of is everyone in our team has a voice, right? If they have a concern, there's a place for them to, to bring up that concern. Um, I think the next thing too is, is like our company values or something that I make sure I'm talking about all the time when I'm, when I'm getting in front of the team, um, we're always referring back to our three company values that serve, you know, really um, have defined how we treat our team and how we do business. And, and I'll give those really quickly. So number one is, uh, we win as a family, we learn as a family. So a few things there. We're a family, right? So we're not just going to say adios. And, and, and at the same time, though, I do tell them, like, I, while, while we are a family, we're not blood family. So I won't accept dysfunctional family. If there's dysfunction, I can kick you out of the family. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you every opportunity to succeed. And if you don't succeed, we don't call that losing. We call that an opportunity to learn. If you make mm-hmm. that mistake again, now we've got an issue. But that's why we win as a family and we learn as a family. So one of our VAs, for example, is just being really hard on herself. She made a mistake. She's just like crying on the phone. I'm like, listen, like this is an opportunity to learn. You didn't lose. Stop being so hard on yourself. This you're here, your family, like you've been here for six months. We're not going to let you go because you had one mistake. Now, how are you going to learn from this? Right. And, and that's the, that allows us by having those kinds of values and knowing those things and making sure my team knows that too, we go back to values and we remove the emotion from all this stuff. Um, the second one is be bad. It's a actual acronym. So BBAD, be better and different, not just be better and different than the competition, but be better and different than the person that we were yesterday. Are we giving it a better effort? Are we progressing? Are we improving as a person? And that overall improves the team. And then uh, last one, and wow, I just lost it. Oh, uh, bring me bring me solutions, not problems. Right. So if you are going to have an issue and you say, oh, my gosh, you know, this guest, they're they're not checking out. They think they extended for another day. They didn't. We have someone checking in in three hours. I don't know what to do. Right. If someone's coming to me with that or if our VA is coming to my COO with that. Now we can say, sounds like you got a problem. What's the solution? Right. And I can say that without sounding like a jerk because that's a, that's one of our values. So that allows our team to now start thinking proactively and, and problem solving. And that's one of the biggest things that I believe in creates a great culture and creates a great team is not being the answer man, but being the, the person that encourages, think of a creative solution, bring the solution to the table. Now we can workshop that together and decide, is that the best way to do it? But if you just bring me a problem and I've got to solve that now, I'm just your babysitter. So I know I talked a lot there, but the, uh, I, like I said, I could probably go on for two hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that was uh, that was gold, man. I think, uh, you know, for those of us who've been in the business any amount of time and have scaled, um, establishing that, like we all know, like turnover can be a problem. 
you know, inside your organization in yeah. all positions, really, quite frankly. And so establishing like that type of company culture um, is is huge, man. And so I love it. When is a family learn as a family uh, the, the the be better, but different and, uh, you know, bring, bring in ex- uh, solutions and not excuses. Man, yeah. that is I might adopt some of those like that's lucky. fine. I mean, it, it works. So <laughs> try it out. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So, um, so you, you, you got your, your, your teams kind of put together, you know, you, uh, you, you've been in the business for a while, you've scaled to 70 doors, like what's on the horizon for Kyle Stanley other than spending more time as a new dad. Yeah. (laughs) I was just about to say that that was going to be the answer. If it's not talking about, uh, being a new dad, the big thing for me, I, I think you get to a certain point um, in your business and, and you realize like, all right, I've reached my goal, right? Like my goal when I set out for this was $20,000 net income per month. We far exceeded that. So then it becomes a lot more about like, what does my team want? And going back to culture, um, I know that my COO wants to get to $10,000 net income per month, just herself. I know that my cleaning manager wants to be able to save enough money to go buy a house herself, right? And so now it becomes a lot more about how do I facilitate a a business that is growing to help them reach those goals. Um, So for us, you know, especially with just the way things have gone uh, the last six months, uh, yeah, when you and I first met, I think you had told me that you had really downsized a lot. We're kind of in that mode right now of like, let's get rid of some of these underperforming properties to make room for better properties. So for example, we got rid of, oh man, we must have offloaded about six or seven properties about in the last two months. And, oh, wow. and those properties all to all combined together um, were replaced with just two properties. That, that income is now replaced with two properties. And, and so for us, it's like, okay, now I can reduce my overhead for operations and I can reduce the burnout for my team. But because my team is paid based on performance, it doesn't impact their income and it actually helps all of our incomes together. So that's really what we're trying to do is can we, can we take these 70 to 75 that we have now and maybe reduce that down to, to 60, but have even more income. And so, you know, a lot of those things also look like, you know, trying a few of the strategies out that you're doing. Like I've got one of my tabs open right now. Noble is Fresno le- relocation specialist from our talk the other day. Like I, I'm, that's my next step. I'm, re- I'm targeting relocation specialists because I want to do more direct bookings. Um, I'm targeting more nursing recruiters because I want to do more nursing direct bookings. Like I feel like I grew a business very quickly that has a strong foundation of a team but the the bookings in themselves rely a lot on Airbnb, and I need to. Rem- that's kind of the next step is now relying a lot less on Airbnb and focusing a lot more on how can I control uh, bookings with relationships. Got it. Got it. Love it. I love the fact that um, you're so dialed in to, um, you know, you you've you've kind of reached a level of success that it exceeded what you initially set as a goal, and now you're dialed into like how can I help my team members accomplish the goals that they have. Right. So I love that, man. But then you're not only doing that, but you're helping other students also. So let's, let's talk about that before we wrap up. Right. Because, um, yeah, you're obviously, you know, like I said, in the beginning, um, 
both of us in the space of coaching. We, we had the good fortune of being part of, of what you started, what you pioneered, which is the seven figure, you know, STR mastermind group with, with you, myself and Mike and Rachel and TJ and now Julie George. And so, uh, so, so one, I'm like super stoked to just be a part of that, but then you also got like your coaching students and your program and, and things like that that you're doing. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And, and it's exciting where it's at right now because there's really been an evolution. Um, it's called the STR six figure formula. Um, and you know, about a year ago, it was me doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and, and all of our students are getting results. I haven't worked with one student that hasn't come out on the other side with at least one property. And so I saw those results and I was like, man, but I, I can really like tapping out on my time. I can really only do maybe six to eight students at a time. And so I tried out the group coaching and, and, you know, I, I just, I, I get attached way too much to the results. So I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I like the group coaching just for myself. So I said, how, how can I create something that's high value, a no brainer and really improves the, the, um, the strength of our industry. And that's where I got to the six figure formula. So we now, I, I released this in November. We already have a 350 students that are in this, mainly because it's only 49 bucks a month, it's, which is like crazy based on how much value we're giving away. Um, yes. But <laughs> yeah, so it comes with a course. It comes with a community, private community. Um, we also have all of our podcast guests, like Noble, you were just on our podcast and you get actually to be in that room with our podcast guests while I'm interviewing them and ask questions. And we answer our podcast guests, answer those questions. So it's, it's direct access to them. I go on, I do a Q and a once a week live in the Facebook group. But one of my favorite things about it is we went out and we negotiated with all these discount partners from air DNA to host away to price labs, to rank breeze, to touch state and about seven others. And we said, we're going to have the best, the biggest and best community that needs to have the tools and resources to make this, this job better for them and easier for them. So once again, we can strengthen the industry and be better neighbors and be better community members. And so I said, in order for us to do that, I need your best prices for our students. And, and a lot of them came back with 15, 20, 25% off on their software exclusive to just our students. So um, that's that's one of the most exciting things about it is that you know all of these partners also saw just how how powerful this could be and that they were all on board. So here we are three months later. My goal here in 2023 is to bring on 2000 members. And again, whether you're wanting to like grow this to a six figure business or you're just saying like, like we just have a, a single mom in our group who is like, hey, I have five properties. I don't wanna grow them. Uh, I just wanna be able to, automate them a little bit better so I can spend more time with my kids and get better reviews. And I was like, yeah, you can do that here. And she's been in all three months and she's been talking about the success she's been having. So, you know, that, that's, that's really the goal is we want to help as many people as possible to, to strengthen the industry. Love it. Love it. Well, Hey, for the listeners, um, since I, I have had the good pleasure of being able to partner with Kyle in this endeavor. And so I am going to drop a, a link where you can go and get signed up. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be on social media. So make sure you follow that because at $49 a month, like, dude, <laughs> that's a no brainer. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. And, and Noble, I want to, I want to just take it even one step further because one of the funny things is, and, and I don't know what it is about, people when they go to buy, I'm the same way, but like, I'm even reluctant to spend like 1099 a month on Netflix, because I'm like, well, what if they don't have the shows on there that I want to watch, you know? <laughs> so 
what I can do for your, for everyone listening here, and you can drop this link in there, is a free three-day trial. So if you just want to try it out for free for three days and be like, this sounds too good to be true, is it? And you can see that it's not only is it not too good to be true, it's exactly what I say it is, plus maybe even more. Um, you can go check that out. So, uh, and then on day four, you know, it's transparency day four. If you don't cancel, you will be charged the $49 a month moving forward, but you can at least try those first three days for free. And if you want, you can cancel before that. Awesome. Awesome, man. We appreciate that. So you heard it, you heard it here folks first from the man himself, uh, a free three day trial just to go check it out. Love that. Appreciate that Kyle, man. Yeah, so Bro, before we before we wrap up, two questions. Uh, the first one being, um, what's one tip or a piece of advice that you would give to an operator or a host who, you know, maybe they have a few properties, but they're looking to scale. They want to go larger. They want to create more revenue in their business. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to the abundance mindset. Like if you're not talking to a ton of people about what you're doing and just opening that book up and showing them everything about your business, um, then you're essentially, you've got the scarcity mindset, which is there's not enough business to go around. Uh, saturation is going on and I want to have all the guests, right? Like, I don't want you to, to get, get all my guests. I, I'm, I see you as competition. I don't see you as collaboration. And that's, that's the wrong way to go about it. That's, you're going to get stuck in that one to 10 property range, which is fine. I mean, that's still, that can literally change someone's life, but would, wouldn't you rather be at 20 properties, 30, 40, 50, and, and, you know, be able to pay a staff to take most of that on for you. I don't think that happens any other way without an abundance mindset and going out there and providing value and telling everyone what you're doing. Love it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. 1000% agree. So last, last question, Kyle, um, for the folks that they say, Hey man, we're, we're dialed in. We're loving this. Um, we want to, uh, we want to get to know Kyle a little bit better. Like what's the best way that they can get in touch with you and then how can they follow you on social media? Yeah. Social media is, uh, Instagram at fearless Kyle, uh, podcast and YouTube channel is the fearless investor. And if you want to check out any of our stuff online, it's just fearlesskyle.com. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We'll definitely have those in the show notes. And with that, Man, Kyle, again, I super, super appreciate you uh, tapping in with us today. This has been an absolute awesome conversation. Um, man, I, I'm going to go back and listen to it myself because I've got some work to do. So, But, man, I appreciate you tapping in with us. I, I appreciate you, Noble. And seriously, if anyone's listening right now, like you are listening to one of the best when it comes to running a short-term rentals business, not an Airbnb business, a short-term rentals business. Noble's the man. So like, if you haven't subscribed, you need to subscribe. You need to just keep on listening to every single episode Noble's doing. Thank you, bro. I thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up another one, an awesome interview today with Kyle Stanley. So catch us next time on the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast and I'm out. <laughs>